Always great to be with you. It's Swing Thoughts. Brought to you by TaylorMade Golf, the number one driver in golf. Get a TaylorMade for the golfer in your family for Christmas. As well, brought to you by Clublink. There's never been a better time to join Clublink. I know it's winter, but now's a good time to join. Get all kinds of specials. And uh, don't forget to pick up a copy of The Feeling of Greatness. Authored and uh, re-edited recently by Swing Thoughts co-host Timothy O'Connor. Mental performance um, master, Glen Abbey Academy. And uh, my friend. Hello, Timothy. Hello, sir. How are you? Amazing. You sound good, despite having already been on the radio for hours and hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just before I hit record, I was like, well, here I go. Another day of continual talking. Although what I'm looking forward to in our time together today is listening. Yes. Yes. And to be as, what do you, you have such a, a nice way of putting it, to be present or to, oh, I know what it is. Today I'm looking forward to holding space. Oh, yeah, yeah. Isn't that a nice phrase? I, listen, I've stolen it from you. I do it all the time. I say that all the time as though I'm, you know, really quite grounded, even though we both know I'm not. And you, But you don't have a man bun and you don't wear yoga pants. How do, how do you know? <laughs> Sir, you don't know that. You don't I know. saw you yesterday. I have a portable. I have a portable man bun. I put it on when I go downtown. As soon as I get a little uh, east of uh, Queen Street or Roncesvalles in Toronto, I put my man bun on, put my lumberjack jacket on, and. Uh, Can I ask you a personal question? Anything. <laughs> do, you, do you have any piercings? You know. Do I have any piercings? Or even tattoos. You know, we're talking about you know falling into this whole hipster thing and holding space and stuff. I have, uh, how many tattoos? I have one, two, three, four tattoos. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 my skin is virgin, Caucasian. Oh, that's not, that's not what I hear on the internet. <laughs> anyway, but we digress. Uh, today I thought it would slightly. be, yeah, uh, Golf season in northeastern, well, most of Canada is pretty much done, although, you know, it's a beautiful day today on this Friday, November 24th, as we record our latest podcast. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, and this is what the show's going to be about, we both got to hit balls outside. I mean, I could easily golf today, and next week's going to be like seven, eight, nine, a little bit windy, but, you know, I played a full round of golf earlier this week in Ontario, and it was fine. Yeah, you can play in that weather. You just a couple layers. Yep. You know, that's all you need. Now, you, on the other hand, Timothy O'Connor, and uh, by the way, uh, let's let people know that the feeling of greatness, as I mentioned off the top, is available, pardon me, for Christmas and is easily ordered. Maybe you could take a second and let folks know how. Yeah, through uh, through Amazon. You can get that way. And um, the shipping, you know, if you order it in Canada, shipping's fairly cheap and... Yeah, it orders it pretty quickly. So, I don't know. That's pretty simple. Go to Amazon, place your order, get your book. Speaking of books, when I first met Tim, when we first held Congress together, one of the things that sort of bonded us instantly was the uh, number of books that both of us had read in common, starting with, you know, Rotella and Harvey Pennick and... Fred Shoemaker. There were probably half a dozen books in common that we were both like, oh, yeah, I'm, I remember reading that. And it was kind of started our mutual journey of, you know, acquiring a different way of looking at the game of golf. And I think that's kind of what we both have been searching for for a long time. And and when you told me a few weeks ago that you were going to Palm Springs to hang out with Fred Shoemaker, I was so excited for you because one of the things that we talked about in one of our first meetings was just how interesting and how uncommon the knowledge in Fred Shoemaker's uh, book, which is called uh, Extraordinary Golf. So, we both read the book. You've been rereading it. We had Fred Shoemaker on the show, and you took the spiritual pilgrimage to Fredland. (laughs) 
to I went to touch the hem of the garment of the guru Fred. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was a couple of weeks ago, and that was a a great experience. I've been, you know, as you indicated, I've been a fan of Fred's um, stuff for a long time. Actually, you know, I'll just mention that um, years and years ago. So I've been like you. What we're getting to here is that we were saying yesterday we're a bunch of golf nerds, you know, seekers. Um, you know, we've done everything we can to try and get better at this game. And years ago, I, you know, I was completely a paralysis by analysis mechanics. You know, my my salvation was somewhere in the mechanics of the swing. And so I read this book and I went, well, that's very nice, but that doesn't help my swing plane. And then I rediscovered it about, you know, 10 years ago. And it I would say it's the fundamental book that led me to make a complete 180 turnaround uh, in terms of a new way of looking at this game, that rather than taking all this outside-in information from experts and all this, I started to develop an awareness that my gold, that the part that will allow me to take advantage of my skills was inside me. And that, to me, it was the key piece of, from Fred Shoemaker. And so I've become a huge fan. Um, I've attended a couple of his, you know, he did a, a one-day workshop um, seven or eight years ago and then another seminar with some Ontario coaches. Um, but this was an opportunity to go to Pond Springs for like three full days with uh, his Fredness and his coaching partner, Gary Lester. And uh, so it cost me a lot of money to get down there and all that stuff. But I just looked at this was an investment I had to make uh, in me to, to learn more uh, about Fred's approach. Can I ask you a uh, pedestrian, if not stupid, question? But I am just curious because I never asked you yesterday. When you when you finish, doesn't relate to traffic or anything. When you finish, don't get hung up on the words. When you finish, do you get a certificate? Do you get a, a ribbon? Is there a uh, is no, there like? Do you get a um, a badge that you can sew on your shirt? Like a Boy Scout, you know, or uh, or put on your golf bag? No, nothing. But I mean, are you now considered a certified shoemaker showman? Uh, no, none of the above. I'm a guy who went to a Fred Shoemaker Extraordinary Golf Coaching Workshop, and. And I can, you know, free to adapt, uh, borrow, you know, use it in my own coaching. What what I'm not going to do is say, you know, I'm an extraordinary golf coach um, in the, you know, in the literal sense of the word. And I'm not going to hold this bowl of uh, steel from from their stuff. But, you know, it's like anything, any other kind of workshop you go to, whether people go to Tony Robbins or whatever it is, you, you know, borrow, learn, and I think the key piece is adapt to your own experience and, and develop your own wisdom around these things. For sure. But I, I bring it up because, you know, when we get to the body of, I'm going to spend a few minutes talking about the experience with Fred, then I want to spend a couple of minutes reflecting on my experience with you, because you and I have been... You know, kind of talking together, and, and once in a while we'll be on a golf course to, course together, and once in a while you've coached me in certain areas of golf, and you know, and I've coached you, I guess, and looked at your yeah, golf swing. Absolutely. But it was a very interesting experience for me because you know my buddy Tim got to sort of soak up the Fredness in person, and I will reflect on the experience of working with you yesterday. And how different it was than working with a regular golf instructor. And how I would, you know, just because you don't have a CPGA next to your name, I think what I got out of your experience with me yesterday is, you know, if, if you wanted to learn to play golf or learn to play golf better, I would highly recommend an, a, a session with Tim because just the things that we did yesterday – and I'm a, you know, an accomplished, somewhat accomplished player. It's still even... You're a scratch golfer. You're not somewhat. You're a freaking scratch player. <laughs> but, my gosh. <laughs> but I found value in it. And I think others at any level would find the experience of value. And I will say this to you before you talk about going to Carmel, or I'm sorry, Palm Springs. I would say that you've learned quite a bit. It was quite impressive. 
the experience and and some of the things we talked about and and I'm teasing it because none of it has to do with the magic formula of the golf swing. What I just before you go on about the sessions, one of the things I love on Fred's site is this. He says he believes that sports, we'll say golf, can be a practical venue for distinguishing new possibilities that allow professional and personal transformation. So why don't we start there? What is a, a what it, what is it that you did there and how do you find it in in what's the word I'm looking for? How how does it help with personal and professional transformation? Wow, cool. Well, the thing as I said it starts with your own experience. I mean, we don't do anything in the world by taking on like someone says, "Hey, pal, you should do this. You're doing this wrong. You are broken." We've we've talked about that before. It's starting with a foundation that every person, as a consequence of being a human, has innate brilliance. They're capable of of doing amazing things, and you know, just like a, a you know a toddler learns to walk and learns to talk. From their own experience. I mean, it's quite amazing to learn, to think that someone can learn to speak and to move and do amazing things with their bodies. So we're capable of that. So what Fred's Fred's paradigm starts from the place of, of, he doesn't tell you how to do it. He helps create an environment where you can, he can help draw that goal and you can achieve mastery in different things by fully being in your own experience and learning. And it's through that learning that we start to see new possibilities for ourselves, see that we can overcome obstacles, um, get over limitations that we had, get beyond our own belief systems. And when we go through that, we transform. We see the greater gold in ourselves and what we can do. And so golf is just the thing that we could, you know, that most of the people do, but all the learning and the transformation that goes on is all applicable to all facets of life, whether it's in your business, your relationships, the way you view yourself. And I think that's what, why Fred's approach resonates so much with me, is that it, that it starts from this place that when you are born, you have everything, you are whole, you are complete, and it's from your own experience of, and, and stepping in and owning your gifts that you will that's where you, you'll be in that place of bliss and and enjoy wow how was that for a uh, soliloquy well you know i gotta think that the people that listen to this podcast even if there's only a few hundred one of the reasons <clears throat> that they continue to come back is because we, we, we're in the millions by now but is because guess. go ahead do your funny bits um okay. it's because um that they are also seeking a different way a different paradigm of this game of golf because there's nobody that has there's nobody that's been playing this for any length of time that hasn't gone through all the phases of frustration and wondering why they're not good enough and wondering why you know why can't I get this and what I heard from you is that really the shoemaker approach and our approach as well is that you know you don't there isn't some magic formula and that most of us have enough athletic ability innately that we can play this game we're not less than you know we're not less than as human beings and we're not less than as golfers right yeah it starts in that place of you have everything you need from your own experience so what you were talking about there was kind of what what I call that outside-in paradigm of golf culture, which starts generally from a premise of I'm a golfer, I suck, I am always constantly working on something, so I need to then get, I need to see a guru, an expert, who's going to tell me Mm -hmm. how to fix my problems. And usually the way that paradigm works is uh, you're on a lesson tee and the coach leans on a seminar and watches you hit and goes, okay, you're, 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 you're taking it way inside and then you're uh, casting and coming outside in and your body stalls and you 
lose your lag, and that's why you hit it fat and left or hit it or hit a slice. And here's what you do. And so you take that information and you try and do it right. You try to do and what this person has told you, and there's nothing really wrong with that. But the the challenge is is that if it, say someone tells you to you know rotate your left hip to start the downswing, if you've never experienced what that feels like. You're taking basically someone else's concept and trying to graft it onto yours. If you've never felt what it feels like to turn your left hip, you can't. You're, it's outside your experience, and thus you can't accomplish it in the game. But if you experience something in your own, like I mean, we could go right to to the you know the club toss thing, you know that we did yesterday. If you feel that release. And, and what that feels for you, and then achieve that in a in in golf. That's your own experience. You know, um, you're so right. And and we talk a lot about this on the show about you know if I tell you that I'm watching your swing and I say, man, you know, boy, you're really kind of sliding left, and then you know you're you get stuck behind any any number of those millions of the facets of the golf swing. The problem is on a golf on the golf course, uh, our instructor told us to you know you know turn your hips uh, earlier or whatever it is, and then what happens is you start to try and do that whilst playing a game, and yep. you you stop playing the game because and what, what's frustrating for all of us is that. We, we get to a point where you go, why can't I turn my left hip the way that my teacher told me to? And then you start feeling bad about your inability to perform this one function in a right. multifunction, you know, um, activity. And then that's why we, we're always so frustrated playing because you are always trying to do something that somebody else says you should do. Now, let's sum up. When when you go to a shoemaker uh school for three days basically you talk about that and you talk about the fact that in order for people to you know flourish in this that they have to feel and experience the golf swing on their own terms and it's scary for people because i know for 40 some years i was like well if i don't have a swing thought or something i'm working on how will i ever play exactly yeah yeah so talk a little bit about what the school helps transform people okay um, you know, what I'll do is I'll, I'll start, like, what we did, the way the school started was that everyone just went around this table and said why they were there and what they're seeking to do. And from the get-go, they started a, an environment where everyone felt, you know, whatever I have to say is, is going to be accepted and no one's going to stomp on and say, that is wrong. So everyone felt safe and, and supported to say whatever they, you know, came up for them. So from our, we were able to own our own experiences just you know from that mental standpoint. And then once we got onto the range, we started to go through these things where Fred would just like we did this one one thing where he just asked asked people just to basically take about three or four steps, like just raise your knees high and just put your feet down and then just observe your feet. And nearly every person the you know how they how in Standard golf instruction, let's say, have your right foot, if you're a right-hander, facing like straight out, a straight line. Square to the target line. Square to the target line. Nearly every person had their foot slightly flared out to the right. Mm-hmm. So he says, that's your natural stance. Yeah, nobody stands facing with their right foot, if you're right-handed, perfectly 90 degrees to anything. Yeah, so so that was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And so you, so you then, if you just sort of make a uh, leap there from like hip turn, holy crap, it's way easier to turn your hips if your foot is flared out a little bit because it's natural. And the other piece was then, so we did that piece where we kind of stomped up and down with our, our knees high and then just plunked ourselves down. And we just had our hands down, and he says, now look at your hand, particularly the left hand. Some people's hands were like turned, you know, almost, you know, uh, so that the back of the hand was facing forward, and other people was turned just slightly. And he says, "Now take, take your grip." And you could tell that was a natural grip for however your hands just kind of held in front of you. Mm-hmm. 
So that might be harder for people to visualize through the magic of podcasting. No, but I think but, we understand that the, the tone of it all is, is doing a series of exercises that help you find your natural physical relationship to the, to the golf, to the golf, exactly, to the golf swing. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, so um, we did, it was just a series of that type of approach where people were able to take their own natural experience of moving their body and then harnessing that awareness of what their body wants to do and is natural for them to the golf swing. And through that, it was just like, holy, I, w I just found that as I got deeper and deeper in into this, it was like, wow, this just feels comfortable. This feels natural. This feels more enjoyable. But, you know, there were people who are going through situations where well, I've always done it like this and now I'm un a little bit uncomfortable. But the more they worked with it, the more they got to feel comfortable. It's like someone with very poor posture. You know, they will become, let's say someone who stands with kind of their neck um, extended and their chin out, which is pretty common for people who stare at a computer all day. A lot of North Americans look like that. Absolutely. So over time, they unconscious that becomes their unconscious unconscious default posture and but you know they have some shoulder pain or back pain or something that has become natural for them because they become unconscious of it but mm -hmm. as they start to to get a, gain awareness of oh what, what's more what feels better what feels then they can start to adapt and feel better and their posture will gradually change not from a trying to do it right standpoint but just an awareness of what's really going on in their body. Um, for people who uh, maybe missed the name of that book, it's called Extraordinary Golf, The Art of the Possible. It's the one that we began the show talking about. And a great introduction to some of the stuff Timmy's going to discuss and that we're going to discuss on the show are in the book. And I remember reading it, and, and the first part that fascinates everyone is the club tossing thing. And we did yeah. that yesterday. Timmy took me through some of the exercises. That was the first time I'd ever done that with somebody that, you know, could guide me as to ex exactly what type of, because it's a specific type of toss. Because when you when we do it the way that you wanted me to, or I'm sorry, the way that uh, is natural, um, it it there puts you, you it puts <laughs> you in such great golf posture post strike the post ball part. That it, 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 it's fascinating how, and it's explained so simply. It's a very complicated concept if you're a typical golf teacher, but the way that we did it yesterday, and it was only four or five tosses of the club, it, it was so beautiful how you end up past the ball in, a, in all those positions you see good players finish up in without telling me anything. Without you having to say, Howard, now at the end, this is what it should look like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Fred does this thing uh, at all of his his golf schools for like we just for so the one I went to was for coaches. So for you know regular golfers, if you will, they go and on the first day he films everyone um, making a golf swing, and invariably uh, they're, they 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 stop the body stops at the ball they come over the top and you know they lose their lag and and they, they, feel, they look crumpled at the ball and then he does he films them just throwing some clubs and when they're done they look like pga tour players they're posted up on mm -hmm. that front leg they're standing upright they've released their body to the target and but it's through their own experience of of doing that and i, I gotta just make um Note that um, we did this yesterday at the Whistle Bear Performance Center. Yes. And what an amazing facility that is. I mean, you can, it's uh, out beside Whistle Bear Golf Club off of, uh, off of uh, Homer, Homer Watson in the 401. And, uh, off Dicky Wicky Lane, or what's the, <laughs> what is the name of that lane? Dicky Lick, Dick, Dick. Settlement, I think. Oh, yeah. Dicky Settlement Street. I knew you'd find because <laughs> I'm a I'm like an eight year old. Hey, this street's called Dicky something. Funny, <laughs> giggle giggle. Uh, Whistle Bear uh, Performance Center is that what it's called? Yeah, and what a great facility yeah. that is. I mean, it's 
uh, got you know target greens and bunkers which we mucked around in yesterday and but uh, it's got like these so you can hit balls from inside a building but they got these hitting bays like these garage doors and these heaters so I think Dave Smallwood, who the proprietor of that lovely establishment, said that it could be like minus twelve outside, mm-hmm. but you get hitting balls and and be you know fairly comfy and and you're seeing you know actual ball flight, not hitting into a into a simulator or something. Yeah, that's what I really enjoyed about it. And I've been there once before. Uh, and the fact is that we were, it was a pretty cool day here yesterday, like two or three degrees. And we were both comfortable because I'm hitting balls. Tim's standing beside me. We're virtually outdoors, but we're kind of indoors as well. We, we you know, we had our backs heated. And I could have stayed there all day. Um, it really is something, if you're looking to improve, we couldn't recommend a Whistle Bear Performance Center anymore. It's so it was so much fun. We really thank uh, Dave for letting us, you know, set up camp there for a couple hours. Yeah, it was really really fun, and um, so you know we did a we did a whole bunch of things there, uh, starting right from yeah I didn't do that piece that we talked about a few minutes ago about you know finding like your stand, but we did do that piece around. Um, well, why don't you describe how we kind of worked on the piece around just your address position, mm-hmm. how we arrived at that. That was kind of fun. I, that seemed to really um, resonate with you. Yeah, well, a lot of stuff. You know, I, I wanted to, uh, once I warmed up, I said to Tim, okay, just take me through what you would do, you know, with somebody. And, and we did a couple things on posture. We did a couple things on uh, um, low point, a couple things on uh, turn and again, having read the, the book, it was kind of fun to see it manifested in person, especially fun for me, because you're my buddy, and now you're like a certified Fred dude, and I was like, this is cool. Um, <laughs> a certified Fred dude. You're a certified... I'm waiting, I'm waiting for that badge to arrive in the You're like a shoemaker master. But um, the, the piece that Tim's talking about is uh, just, just sometimes when I'm in my, my golf posture, which, you know, again, is a decent player. I, I think my posture is pretty good, but sometimes, as I said to you, sometimes I feel a little bit, uh, you know, not set, a little bit, uh, what, how did I put it? A little bit sloppy. Sloppy. And yeah. what, what all Tim did was say, okay, I want you to get into a posture as though, you know, I'm going to try and prevent you from getting around me, almost like a little bit of football, a little bit of martial arts, but very grounded, yeah. very centered. And as soon as we got into that away with with no golf club in my hand as soon as we got into that posture i immediately could feel my hamstrings my quads my buttocks all in a in a uh, ready position and activated but the what it what it did is it gave me stability below so everything above could move just a little bit more freely yeah perfect yeah. And, and it and, was, and it was again. I don't. You're not a golf instructor. I, I, I you know, I, there's a, I know a lot of things about the golf swing, but that little moment there, where my body got tense in the right spots, uh, was transformative. I was like, this is cool because I, I didn't know that at the beginning of yesterday's session. I'm, I left that session thinking, well, I've just learned something from this goofball O'Connor. Thank you. I appreciate you're that. You're very welcome. Um, and that was from your own experience. It wasn't from, okay, you need to have your feet shoulder-width apart and, and bend your knees slightly. And that was from, from your own natural experience as, you know, as you said, it was like I said, okay, you know, I'm like a football player and we're going to, you know, I'm going to go through you or something. So what would you do? And you just naturally got into this kind of position. Well, I call it like a ready stance. Exactly. It's like you're in a situation. That's why it sort of feels a little bit martial arts, a little bit football, a little bit like um, taking the, the tip off in basketball, a little bit like in basketball, you know, defending with your hands up. But what it does is, listen, I can describe a thousand different ways of getting into the golf posture from things I've read. You know, the old stand up straight, bend from the hips, then release your knees. The problem with that, though, is it doesn't give you the feeling of readiness. I'm going to tell you, my, um, my quads, because I went out, once I got home yesterday, I went out and practiced for like an hour and a half. But my quads are because my my quads were sore this morning. Like I like I because I feel like I was engaging them in yeah. in the process. And I got to tell you, you you people that are still listening to this thing in a way that 
you know, as a guy that practices a lot, I was like, oh, that's something I haven't felt for a long time. It had nothing to do with you telling me this is the proper way to do it. And I got to say, too, at the end of our session, you know, I was hitting the ball pretty good um, when I was warming up. Uh, at one point, I think I hit the fifth or sixth shot, and I just striped it, and you went, well, I guess we can just go home. And and I was a little not skeptical, but I thought, you know, I'm hitting it good right now. I don't know how much I'm going to take away from this. But I was so tickled with what we worked on that I, when I got home later in the afternoon, I took the dog out, and I just hit 70-yard wedges for an hour and a half and chipped and things, and all thinking about some of the things we worked on, and it was, uh, it was really cool. Yeah, and would it be fair to say that it wasn't a, a matter of remembering the right thing to do, having the right thoughts. It was more of just connecting to those, that feeling that you had in your body. Right. And that's what it is. It's all, it's all about, you know, telling somebody the rules or instructions for riding a bike would be virtually impossible. But once you feel where balance is, you never forget it again. And golf should be that way, too. Mm-hmm. Why is it that every time most of us in our golf lives have gone to play golf, one of the things that stresses us out is we're trying to remember how to do it. <laughs> like exactly, yeah. al- Almost every time it's like, okay, am I going to remember how I did this good once? Yeah. Oh, man. I've had that a bunch of times. Like, five holes in, I'm going like, what was I thinking about yesterday when it was, I think, and then, oh, I get it. And then I kind of remember it. And then invariably, two holes later, I've left that one in the dust and I've moved on to Swing Thought 23 for the week, you know? Well, when you think about the bike analogy, I, I once you learned how to ride a bike, you never went and approached a bicycle thinking, I wonder if I'll remember this time how to have balance. Yeah, exactly. Well, I look at it this way, too, is that, that do you really think that we are, that, that it's quite possible to, you think of the detailed instruction that people get in, in this game of whether they read it in Golf Digest or from a book or Internet or something. Do you really think that we know the right muscle to contract at the right moment? It'd be like trying to teach yourself. It's like you trip going up the stairs and you go, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to work on my going up the stairs mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going to raise my, I'm going to raise my right knee a little bit more vertical. I'm going to feel a little contraction in my calf. I'm going to feel some more freedom in my ankle. Could you imagine you'd like trip over yourself, but essentially that's what we're, our culture of golf generally is trying to do is we're trying to uh cause what should just be allowed like our body knows how to do this stuff that's the that's the key piece when i talk about things like innate brilliance some people are like what are you talking about you think about like our bodies are products of millions of years of evolution you know they can just do amazing uh, amazing stuff you know you can drive on the 401 without you know, thinking too much about it or do all these complicated movements. And do we really think that our little brain is going to cause our bodies to move correctly? We just get in the freaking way of it. You know, it's like, you know, trying to have like this little Atari computer trying to run this, you know, billion dollar computer. It's mm-hmm. Rather, it's, it's kind of silly. But, we, you know, we've so, all of us have grown up in this culture of golf that, you know, I, I get lessons. I go to an instructor slash guru. He tells me, you know, his philosophy. I try and replicate it. I go home and I practice and I practice. And then I go and try and play and it doesn't work and I get frustrated. And so I go to a different guru or I read a different book. And that's why, you know, since we started this podcast, you know, one of the things we said at the beginning is we could take six strokes off your game and never touch your golf swing just by making better choices and being more present. And people go, well, that's ridiculous because, you know, I got to know where my club is on the backswing, whereas most of us have no idea what we're doing. And we just get, you know, we're just constantly frustrated by the uh, seemingly inability for us. That's why one of the things that Fred does 
with his new players, as you mentioned, is people go to him thinking, I'm too uncoordinated to do what the good players are doing. And one of the things that he shows him in those videos is you are plenty coordinated. You just have been taught that this game is so tough that you're too dumb to learn it, so you need to struggle for the rest of your life. Yeah, exactly. Is this like, is this having a, you know, being able to hit a golf ball well would be like, you know, something that that only, you know, a privileged minority are able to do. Somehow they've been blessed with uh, talent. Somehow they've they've maybe they've got time to hit more balls than someone and play more often, or they're just really lucky. And that's just not true. Everyone is capable of it, and it's and it starts with being able to access your natural ability, see, you know, possibilities, but also not get caught in your stories. You mm-hmm. know, people get caught in their personal drama of, well, I'm uncoordinated or, you know, or I'm just not capable of doing this, you know, and that might be related to, you know, family of origin stuff, you know, a phys ed teacher who said, well, you're a spaz, or, or you know, all this stuff. And so it's not, you know, it's, we're complicated people, so it's not as easy as just you know throwing some clubs and you know voila. It's it's a matter of incremental steps of just seeing you know from your own experience and and like being aware of of what goes on and gradually you'll make those you know people will make progressions. But again, it just starts from their own experience. And one thing I just want to ask you about Howard was so. After our little club throwing session, you were looking at me in my finished position, and you saw how my right knee was was kind of like in that what's said to be the ideal position in the finished position. Like mm-hmm. your right knee is is right beside your left. Right. Why did you relate that piece of thing that you worked on for a whole winter on? Well, I, I remember reading this thing in a Ledbetter book years ago, and and he illustrated in the book that your right knee was supposed to be cozy up against your left knee in the finished finish position. And as I said to you yesterday, I said, I spent an entire winter, you know, trying to figure out a way to, I couldn't understand how I was supposed to get there. And in one, you know, little demonstration yesterday, you know, that little thing you did, I, I sort of was trying to say that would have saved me three months in front of a mirror you know, 15 or 20 years ago, because as soon as you throw the club the way that you showed me to, you instantly get your right knee up against your left leg without any even without even trying to. It just happened. You yeah. didn't you didn't tell me to put it there. Now, you know, luckily enough, somewhere in the last 20 years, I learned it on my own. But just when you showed me that, I, I saw how you finished. And I was just fascinated by I wish Howard Glassman of 19. 97 would have seen that because I could have, you know, saved myself a lot of grief. I'll tell you, the things we've been working on together on this show, all of it could have saved me a lot of grief, you know, years ago when I, you know, I was the most obsessive guy I've ever met about this stupid game. And and now I don't feel that way anymore. I'm Here's the thing. I'm still obsessive, but in a, in a joyful way, I'm not searching all the time. I just like playing around with a golf I. I took Stan out yesterday because I was so I had so much fun hanging out with you and I wasn't trying to work on what we worked on. I just like hitting golf balls. I get a lot of uh, satisfaction out of it. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that and ultimately, um, isn't that why we do this? Yeah. I mean, you know, if you ask people why they play golf, they're going to say, "Well, uh, so that I can uh, break ninety, eighty, whatever." Uh, lower my handicap, I can uh, fix my slice, I can do this. Those aren't the reasons I generally we play. I mean, the, the reasons people play are varied, but usually they have nothing to do with outcome and performance. It's about having fun with friends, a sense of escape, um, just feeling free, maybe connecting to being a kid and, you know, just roaring around and having... I look at golf now kind of as a... As, as an adventure with three other people for, you know, four hours or so. Well, you know, and, it, go ahead, sorry. And it's just fun. And, and so it was like a thing that, that we've talked to before is like, you know, what are you committed to? And I think that's a, a, a place where people can experience a degree of a paradigm shift is, is what are you committed to mm-hmm. when you're playing golf? 
is it is it about trying to live up to judgments or expectations or is it more about a commitment to something that you see as important within yourself like say having some fun or freedom and just real quick fred read this piece at the school about this guy who was um you know about a 15 handicapper he retired and he wanted to play in tournaments and stuff and so he basically said that he committed himself to freedom that was it he committed himself whenever he played golf to freedom and when he caught himself getting caught in the spiral of say self-judgment or trying to fix mechanics all that type of stuff he brought his commitment back to freedom well the guy's now a 2.2 index you know and playing in senior tournaments being really competitive through the commitment of freedom to of, of of playing golf with freedom you know it's funny i was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who's a good guy but he's really stuck in the old paradigm of golf and the whole golf culture and i was talking about how lucky we are to still be able to go out in a field like I did yesterday or with my buddy Tim and hit balls outdoors. And, you know, lots of my Western Canadian friends, my brothers, haven't been able to touch a club in a month. And I, and he was saying, yeah, but the weather's so crappy here. You only get to play for a few months a year. I said, that's ridiculous. I said, I was out last week. And he goes, yeah, but you can't really improve much in November. And I stopped and I went, are you out of your mind? Who cares about improving in Nova? I'm not looking to improve. I'm just looking to play. Like, yeah. the re- are, my reasons for playing aren't to every time I play to improve. M- my reasons for playing is to en- enjoy it somehow. Yeah, I want to play well, but, I mean, my biggest struggle over the course of this po- this podcast is to learn to just enjoy it. Yeah, and, and uh, just to kind of bring some, shall we say, evidence to this, um, so you've been heading out, you know, and, and I believe you 100% in, in this approach that, you, that you're talking about. So what have your scores been as, you, as you've been playing in, like, uh, five-degree weather recently? <laughs> uh, well, I haven't, shot over seven t- I haven't shot over 72 in, like, uh, a couple weeks. <laughs> and amazing, right? But your whole approach is you're committed to having fun. And, oh, nice side bonus. Managed to shoot pretty nice scores. Well, the thing is, I, I went out in three or four degree weather a week ago today, and uh, at the end of the round, I was like, I was shot I shot one over, it was a par 71, but on the way home, I was thinking, wow, I think I just hit like, you know, 13 or 14 greens, and I, you know, I really wasn't, I was wearing four layers, but, you know, my, my golf swing has sort of been, I've, I've put it to bed in terms of me working on it, anything other than just enjoying it and swinging as freely as I can. And lo and behold, you know, I hit a lot of fairways, a lot of greens. And, yeah, it's just weird. Um, I don't want to get too much uh, into this, uh, into my own stuff here. I want to I talk a l- little bit about, lastly, you know, you, you spent some time there with Fred Shoemaker. If you had to take uh, a minute or two and explain to people sort of the takeaway, and then we can kind of wrap this up with uh, being present, you know, on the golf course and on stage. Okay. Um, key takeaway from Fred is um, is being fully present to other people and to oneself. Rather than getting caught up in, you know, in thinking – Making judgments um, about someone else or or oneself. If I could be in a place where I can be just present to what's going on with with, with what's going on in me, and I'll give you or someone else. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, we started the the workshop with everyone. There was like about twenty three of us around a table, and they. And I was telling you about this at lunch yesterday, and everyone talked about why they were there who they were, what they were seeking. And some people would just in 30 seconds, they'd be done. Other people would take like a couple of minutes. And I started to think, boy, are they going to like shut some of these long <laughs> people down so I could get to like the knowledge and start downloading the information, the knowledge that's going to make me a great coach from, from Fred. And, but, but Fred and the, his coaching partner, Gary, they just allowed each person to empty their well and, of what was going on. And they see, you know, ask some questions. So every person felt fully heard and felt safe and so whatever came up for them would come up. And then when when they were like talking to as individuals, 
there was never a case where it was like, well, Tim, you're wrong, or you know, or I was made to feel foolish or something. Mm. And so at all times, it was always been a place of like, okay, what what is going on for you right now? Whether thinking or at a feeling, emotional level, or what's going on in your body. And I was able to just tap into, particularly say, I was telling you yesterday, like standing over like iron shots, I had this tension in my shoulders. And it made me kind of spin my shoulders to start my swing, and that ain't a good place to start. So I started, I was more aware of like where my attention was in my body. When I got it lower in my body, and kind of that, you know, kind of that area around the center of gravity, you know, just below the navel, suddenly I was like free to make this turn. It just felt so good and relaxed. So, yeah, that was kind of a long-winded thing, but it was around being present to to the experience of either listening to someone and fully hearing them, and maybe the metaphor is fully hearing myself without the interference of all kinds of thoughts and judgments and should-haves and that type of stuff. Well, that's a lot to uh, digest. I would uh, let everyone know that if you want, go to um, ExtraordinaryGolf.com. All the Fred Shoemaker stuff is there. If you're looking for a great gift, Tim O'Connor has uh, the feeling of greatness, the Mo Norman story, which has been re-edited. And we've talked about that uh, along with uh, Todd Graves. You know, some interesting 100 new stories, I believe, or something, isn't there? I got, well, it's 100. <laughs> I don't in the know. new edition of the Mo book, there's 100 uh, new pages, but 43 new, mostly never published before stories. And everyone, you know, most stories are fantastic. Everyone, everyone's got a most story, and some of them are even true. And once again, <laughs> thanks to the Whistlebear uh, Performance Golf Academy. Let's get the let, let's get the exact name so that if he happens to be listening, we'll make sure we did it right. What is it called? Um, <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I have a computer. computer. Whistlebear. Performance Center or Learning. Performance Center. There we, I, we did have it right. There you Whistlebear go. ProformanceCenter.ca. Everything from custom club fitting to a practice facility. If you really are serious about taking your name to the, your game to the next level, then go to. No, they're great. He's a great guy. Dave. Um. Smallwood. Yeah. Smallwood, the guy's been teaching golf a long time. And if you're looking for a, an experience that's different and accessible through the winter months in the Cambridge, Ontario area, he's had a lot yeah. of great players come through there. Garrett Rank, Kevin yeah. uh, Fawcett, and others. And you had and Mike uh, Mertz. Uh, Mike Mertz so. uh, teaches there. Yeah, and he's a good friend of, he was a great friend of Mo Norman's. And uh, super guy. Yeah, you you had a couple sessions with Mike Mark. Uh Just once, you know, I I did. Oh, I really okay. enjoyed it. I uh, Mike's a, just the opportunity to sit and talk golf with a guy at his level, and you know, he gave me a couple, you know, things to work on, like you know, all teachers can do. And I think what I what I was experiencing, what I've experienced the last couple of years, and what I was trying to relay to you is, I don't every time. I go and hit a golf ball now, and it's been this way for a few months since uh, late September. A lot of the stuff I've been working on is not positions. It's just a feeling. And when you're working on a feeling, then it doesn't take much to remember that feeling each time you go and play. And you watched me warm up yesterday. I hit uh, like three pitching wedges and about four or five seven irons and a five iron and a three wood off a hard, uh, tight lied mat. And, uh, like, within a few, well, within one or two swings, I was flushing it. And then I flushed every <laughs> I flushed every ball I hit, and I hadn't hit a ball in, like, four or five days. Because I'm no longer remembering, trying to remember what, what, what are the five things I'm trying to sequence so that I can hit a ball. I just stand over the ball and go, okay, what's that feeling? Yeah, and for absolutely. me, the feeling is to, is to just let, let myself go. And I can't explain it in any other way than I feel like I'm present and I'm not trying to inhibit anything. And I, I'm, you know, all those things we talk about, I'm, I'm thinking about where the target is, not how to hit a golf ball. And um, the results are uh, really interesting. Yeah. So just to punctuate that uh, concisely, I hope 
um, it's like we were talking about uh, feel is real, thoughts are not. I mean, our thoughts are like all over the place, but when you have a feeling in your body, like you own that. That is a real thing that you've got in your body, whether it's a you know an emotional thing or a feeling of a, a, a just a you know a, a sequential movement. That is very real, and it's so easy to to relive that experience and draw on it. Whereas our thoughts are just concepts and notions and all kinds of different things, and and they're not really connected to reality. Whereas this is a physical game we're playing here: physical ball, physical club, ground, bodies, physical. So those feelings are are that we generate are real and easy to draw on. And so I got a sense that that um, and watching you yesterday, pal, that was so much fun. Watching you just like like let her rip. You like really? You want to talk about a golf swing that looks free? Um, man, that was it. Well, thank you. And I really did, and I really got a lot out of our session yesterday, and I was sort of, I don't know, in a weird way, proud of you because, you know, you, you've wanted to do, you've wanted to be who you're becoming since before you met me. We just happened to met, we happened to meet along this sort of path, but I think it's kind of cool. Like, you, you've done the work, and you're working on yourself every day, and you've gotten to your, a point where... You know, men and women rely on you, and, and you they get some guidance from you. So, you know, good on you, sir. Um, well, dude, uh, I got to go because uh, my, my 19-year-old needs a ride. But we can talk about uh, the stand-up comedy, you know, part of all this learning that I've done another time. Oh, yeah, because it's, uh, it's great connections between that for, for any kind of level of performance. But particularly for the uh, the high wire act of trying to make people laugh. Yeah, that that's great territory to explore. Well, let's do it another time. And so once again, O'ConnorGolf.ca, HumbleAndFredRadio.com. Uh, we will probably get to do one more of these before Christmas. The uh, birth of the baby Jesus, I believe, is that... Uh, How many more shows before Hanukkah? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, when is Hanukkah? When's Hanukkah? <laughs> Hanukkah dates 2017. Let's see. Uh, Christmas is the same day every year. Hanukkah is December 12th through December 20. So let's all put a dreidel on a tee and see if we can put some spin on it. <laughs> all right, people. All right. All right, my friend. Tim O'Connor, always a pleasure. Thanks again for yesterday. That was amazing. Yeah, and thank you, buddy. Thanks. Okay. Uh, Swing Thoughts uh, brought to you by TaylorMade and, of course, Club Link. And uh, see you guys later. You get a shiver in the dark. It's raining in the park. Meantime. Sound of the river. You stop and you hold everything. A band is blowing Dixie. Double fall time. Feel all right. When you hear the music ring